Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzaifa, and today we are talking about rejection, rejection with respect to college applications. And in fact, a lot of what we're talking about today has applications to or relevance to grad school applications, undergraduate applications, even private school applications. I know a lot of my students are at some point going to be applying to different private schools in the Los Angeles area, and that entails completing a lengthy application. Parents have to complete one as well, oftentimes. So we're going to go over the seven most common reasons that schools reject applicants. And this is coming from a really cool article that is on the Magoosh blog, magoosh.com, M-A-G-O-O-S-H, Magoosh is an awesome test prep company. We recently had one of their instructors, Chris Lele, on the show last week. And that was really cool. He's a really smart guy. And so we're going to be reading through this article, discussing, and so on and so forth. So here we go. We're going to get into the list of the seven most common reasons that an applicant's application gets rejected. All right, number one, low grades and test scores. No surprise there. So top schools tend to dissect students' academic records and test scores. Students whose numbers aren't up to par still have a chance at admission, but they'll have to really go the extra mile with the other parts of the application to make up for the poor academics. And of course, this is true. I've talked about this before. This is true for the main reason I think that we see is that these schools are using those metrics as predictors of how likely you are to succeed at that institution or beyond. And they want to choose candidates that they think are set up nicely for success. Of course, it's, it's not always true. And you can have people on both sides of the fence, some that may have poor grades but could do really, really well and vice versa. But the other, the other thing to recognize is that a lot of times schools have to play the numbers game. They have to play the stats game with respect to rankings and so on and so forth. So they need to, uh, this is more relevant probably for colleges, but they need to, for a certain, to a certain extent, be able to say, hey, our, our admission policy or the, the people that we've brought in all have a median GPA of 3.8 and have a median SAT or ACT score of 1,500 or 34, something like that. And the reason why is those numbers are used in placing that school in the U.S. news and ranking for best universities in the country. And this is important. I know it's important for grad schools. So that's that's the issue there. But no surprise, so let's keep going. <clears throat> Number two, poor choice of schools. Sometimes students don't select a wide enough range of schools that match their numbers. So if you have low grades and test scores, you can't apply to only the highest ranked schools and call it a day. Make sure that you have a sufficient number of target and safety schools on your list to boost your odds of acceptance. So this is, of course, 
something that I think most people might consider to be common sense, but it's a good point. I think you do want to be realistic with respect to what your potential prospects are, what, where is it likely that you'll get in, where it might be reached to get in, and definitely want to go for those as well. But I think this is, this is good advice, common sense advice, but very good advice to make sure you have a good amount of safety schools. Number three, insufficient experience in your intended field. So again, this is for older candidates. A lack of experience in your intended field can absolutely give admissions officers reasons to move your file to the rejected pile. If you want to go to if you want to go to med school, you need to spend some time shadowing physicians at a nearby hospital. If you're more interested in business school, you should have an impressive resume of business experience. So th- this is especially true for business school. And they they absolutely want work experience. It can vary in other fields. I know that even now law school, it's becoming more common for candidates to have some work experience. I did personally. I had three years before going in and I know that it, it becomes easier. The other thing is law schools tend to like the older candidates so they're a bit more mature, more likely to to stay focused and succeed and do well thereafter if you have a little bit of work experience under your belt. For obviously for college doesn't matter uh and and younger ages this is not really relevant but yes that can definitely be something that that can hold you back number four weak extracurricular activities schools aren't interested in students who don't get involved with any activities outside of school if your resume is looking a little bare think about where your interests lie and find avenues to explore those interests beyond the classroom clubs and organizations are a good place to start and that can be true. It's it's this an extracurricular, in my opinion, extracurricular activities. It's really all about finding things that are fun as opposed to doing things out of. Of course, it's good. You got to be conscious of the fact that schools do like extracurriculars. They want to see you get involved with different things. But when it's it's an opportunity, in my opinion, for a student, for a child, for anybody to have some fun. So if you like basketball, go for it. But if you don't, don't feel obliged to play a sport just because you think it's, you know, you know what I mean? You need to have something athletics or you're going to play the sport and you don't like it, you hate it. Because I've done that in, in the past and I don't necessarily think it's the right move. Instead, look around and maybe if there's not a good option for you at your school, see if you can join a tennis club or another sport outside of what your school has to offer so you can actually enjoy it and use that as something to relax your mind and and really make friends and have fun. All right, number five, mediocre letters of recommendation. Admissions officers look to letters of recommendation for an objective third-party opinion on your character and ability. Your letter writer should know you well. If not, admissions officers might end up reading letters that sound plain and generic. And I think it's really important, too, that when you when you go out and you get these letters of recommendation, you're choosing people that are not going to write, that are going to write glowing recommendation letters that are just such huge advocates of you or what you've done or your character, so on and so forth, that they're going to really be able to write something that is going to be just purely laudatory and amazing. So just find people that honestly really, really like you and are going to relish the opportunity to brag about you or give you a really positive, uh, glowing recommendation. And it's not. And I also think if you're usually, 
this will usually be the case. They'll usually let you read the letter. And I think that's a great idea too, as, so long as they're comfortable with it. Or so, I mean, you know, ideally, if you can ask somebody that is comfortable with it, that would be the best. And usually they should be, because if they're going to write you a really nice letter, they're going to be more than happy to, to let you read it. So yeah, you can check it over and you can make some comments if you have any questions or feedback, so on and so forth. So definitely, yes, get good letters of recommendation. I think it's important that the letter of recommendation also state some concrete facts about what you've done or why they think you will excel or do so well. You know, what makes you you. Number six, unmemorable personal statement. Since admissions officers sift through thousands of personal statements in an application cycle, you'll need to make your stand out from the competition. Students who write bland essays won't give schools a sense of who they really are. Use your personal statement to convey your personality, interests, hobbies, and goals. And I think it's so important that the personal statement really be a reflection of you. And I know that sounds cliche because people will always, people always give this very generic advice but what that means is if you if you are naturally a funny person or you like being funny go for it give it a shot throw some humor into your essay but if not don't try and force it if you if there's certain things that you like or like to talk about or like activities you like to engage in have those be a part of your essay. You can use an anecdote or a story from from something along those lines, right? But it's like you really, and and then I think the the other big issue is when we're looking at an admissions office, they're reading so many of these applications and essays, and most of them are probably not that interesting. So the idea, I think it's great if you can at least lead or begin by telling a story or an anecdote that will draw the reader in and make them actually look forward to to reading your essay. Okay, and number seven, the last one, lack of interview preparation. Interviews represent an opportunity to convey your enthusiasm and interest in a school. If you don't do your research and prepare ahead of time, admissions officers will not be impressed. So what does that mean? I think this is such a great point. You want to make sure you know the school back to front, in my opinion. Uh, I've been doing a lot. I do a lot of interviews for Northwestern Law School, and we'll do, I do them in L.A., and a lot of the candidates, most of them actually, a good amount are, are relatively well prepared as far as knowing the ins and outs of the school. But I do encounter quite a few candidates who haven't really done very much research into the particulars of the school. It doesn't take a lot of time. You can look up the programs. You can even look up some of the professors that you find to be interesting. You can even look up if you know who your interviewer is. They always know who I am. They can look up my background and ask me questions about what I've done or different classes that I may have taken. They Usually they'll know the good, the good candidates. They'll know that I used to practice patent law. So they'll ask me about that. They'll ask me about patent classes there, so on and so forth. You can do a little bit of research. The other thing is in addition to knowing the school and really knowing what questions to ask, do a lot of mock interviews, especially for younger kids who've never done this before, maybe their first time. Man, I would really, really do a lot of interview questions, sample questions, give them a chance to pretend they're in the situation, talk, respond, get comfortable with being able to convey whatever their thoughts or ideas are concisely. That's a, probably one of the biggest challenges, I think, for most kids is being able to express themselves effectively in a short period of time so they don't go on and on. So definitely you want to get lots of 
knowledge about whatever, whatever, whatever institution you're applying to as well as some good practice beforehand. So those are the seven, those are the seven items. Again, if you want to check out this article, I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can peruse it as well. It's a pretty short article, but very good one. If you want to check out the show notes, go to www.scalarlearning.com. And as always, if you have questions for me, you can email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. If you haven't done so yet, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Got new episodes coming out every day this summer, so it's going to be a lot of great information. Thank you so much for joining. See you guys next time. Take it easy.